there. Welcome to the Real World NP Podcast. I'm Liz Rohr, family nurse practitioner, educator, and founder of Real World NP, an educational company for nurse practitioners in primary care. I'm on a mission to equip and guide new nurse practitioners so that they can feel confident, capable, and take the best care of their patients. If you're looking for clinical pearls and practice tips without the fluff, you're in the right place. Make sure you subscribe and leave a review so you won't miss an episode. Plus, you'll find links to all the episodes with extra goodies over at realworldnp.com slash podcast. So I've been getting a lot of questions about orthopedic complaints in primary care, especially in the context of doing telemedicine. And I know in the future, I'll be making specific videos for certain areas, shoulder, wrist, knee, things like that. But I think because of all of those questions, I wanted to do a general video about uh, orthopedic hacks in primary care. And I have some real talk in here. And so that might ruffle some feathers. If you don't agree with me, I would love to hear from you because I'm always expanding my orthopedic knowledge. But if you are new here, I'm Liz Moore from Real World NP and you're watching NP Practice Made Simple weekly videos to help save you time, frustration, and help you learn faster so you can take the best care of your patients. So just to start, I, I recommend a triage approach and when it comes to orthopedic problems. And in general, that's how I generally approach all of my patients is right, is that triage kind of approach, which comes from your history, which you can get through telemedicine. And that uh, the first step is really, is this acute or is it chronic? So did it start in the last couple of days uh, or has it been weeks, months, or years? Because if it's weeks, months, or years, you can usually lower your stress level by quite a bit because most of those are uh, less urgent of an issue. Uh, the next step is about uh, trauma. Uh, trauma uh, is it traumatic or is it non-traumatic? And the vast majority of what I see in primary care is chronic and non-traumatic. And those two things together definitely like ease my anxiety even more <laughs> because I'm just gonna be honest here. I actually like orthopedics. I find it very interesting, but I find uh, I did not always and I think a lot of nurse practitioners feel that way because it feels overwhelming. It feels like there's a lot to know um, because there is. There's, there's a huge depth of knowledge you need to have about different uh, anatomical things and, and diagnoses and all that kind of stuff. Hopefully that will bring your anxiety level down. And so again, is it acute or chronic, traumatic or not traumatic? And what are the red flags? Those are the first things to start with. And even if you don't feel that comfortable with orthopedics, I mean, stepping back for a second, one of the ways that I've developed my orthopedic knowledge is really just seeing what's in front of me, my, uh, you know, learning as I go, uh, developing my knowledge further, because we all learn about things in school, right? But it, it doesn't come as readily unless you've seen a patient with that problem. And so, for example, I had a patient uh, recently that I had never seen in four years a nasal injury, and I had a nasal injury. And so basically what I did is I consulted my resources and looked about, looked up, um, using that framework of acute or chronic, traumatic or non-traumatic, and looking at the red flags associated with that particular symptom, that particular area, right? So when it comes to red flags, there's both the symptoms, the, the area-specific red flags, so shoulder, wrist, knee, back, etc. But then there's also these like global overall red flags, and especially when it comes to chronic pain or chronic orthopedic issues, there tends to be three main branches of red flags. So one um, is infection. You always wanna think about that. And that tends to be more of an acute issue, less of a chronic, but you always wanna think about that. Do they have signs of infection? Do they have um, you know, redness, the warmth, uh, fevers, chills, things like that, like a septic joint? Uh, what are the risk factors for infection? Do they use IV drugs? That's one thing to think about. Another red flag is about malignancy. And then that is de dependent on you know, patient age, 
uh, higher age is more associated with malignancy? Have they had a previous cancer that could be a new metastasis to their spine or something like that? Um, and then the third one has to do with loss of function. And that's typically region dependent as well. And that comes with looking things up as they come to you, right? Um, and hopefully you can kind of have a general knowledge of the most common ones, right? Back, shoulder, knee, those are the main ones that I see, wrist. Uh, and so loss of function, for example, when it comes to low back pain, um, that specifically you're worried about cauteroquinus syndrome, right? And so whenever you have those patients, you always wanna ask those red flag symptoms you know, um, saddle anesthesia, the numbness in the pelvis area, um, bowel or bladder incontinence, weakness, numbness. Those are typically like the chronic ones, possibly some acute. For the acute traumatic ones, I'm actually not really talking a ton in this video because I don't see that much of it. And so I typically always consult when I have something. For example, they're just a lot more nuanced and there is a lot more risk involved, right? So for example, things that I've seen are finger fracture and you know, for example, if you get a finger fracture and it's in the joint space, like that's very urgent. And you kind of need to know that, uh, you know, put that particular piece of knowledge, it's not really like a general rule, but anyway, so that's a little bit more nuanced. So I always recommend if it's an acute traumatic injury, they either need to be seen in person if you're trying to do telemedicine or you're consulting with somebody um, for expertise. And I have some orthopedic contacts and I also have my supervisor and my colleagues to help me out with that. So um, I do ask about those. Three other things I wanna mention though. One is just the general pathway of orthopedic management. And you might not like this if you're in orthopedics, maybe I'm oversimplifying, but this is like a general hack of orthopedics is that most things, especially not acute traumatic, but chronic non-traumatic issues tend to have a four-step pathway. So step number one is NSAID, so non-steroidal anti-inflammatory medications to manage inflammation and pain. And I don't, I couldn't find any great evidence. Anecdotally, I've had seen specialists recommend this and heard this where it's, um, you know, it's an around the clock use of non-steroidal anti-inflammatories uh, for a longer period of time between one and four weeks. In terms of the evidence behind that, I didn't have a, a ton that came up, but that's definitely something I'm going to investigate further. But anecdotally speaking, I've heard that uh, from orthopedic specialists as well. And I think it's injury dependent as well, if it's or if it's a low back strain or something like that. But usually with patients, when it comes to non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, the first thing to think about is, do they have any contraindications for you to recommend that to them? Do they have chronic kidney disease? Do they have um, hypertension that's uncontrolled? It's a risk benefits discussion with the patient. If they have like, if they have controlled hypertension, then you add non-steroidal anti-inflammatories like naproxen or ibuprofen in terms of raising their blood pressure as a risk. So it's helpful for inflammation as well as pain. So something to talk about for them because if you give them things like Tylenol or opiates, you know, we try not to use we try not to use opiates first of all, and also they're not going to help with any inflammation. So risk benefit discussion. There's a couple other contraindications to think about um, if they have a history of GI bleeding. Older adults, you want to be very careful with geriatric adults. The other thing is that you want to think about using the lowest possible dose that has an effect as possible. Typically my go-to is uh, naproxen and either 250 milligrams twice a day or 500 twice a day and it just depends on uh, their risk factor profile. Um, also history of heart disease is one to think about as well. So the first step is non-steroidal anti-inflammatories and you make that discussion with the risks and benefits of, of using that and that alone sometimes can help with an acute uh, worsening of a chronic problem, something like that, or, or, or low back pain, something like that. The next step is physical therapy. So uh, most of the time, part of the reason I didn't love orthopedics, especially at first, is because it felt like I did all of this reading and learning. And the moral of the story was that they were still just going to do physical therapy 
and that was the treatment. So why do I have to learn about all of these things? I don't feel that way anymore because the more I learn, the more it's it's fun to actually know what you're doing in terms of diagnosis. Anyway, so step one is NSAIDs if it's appropriate for them. Step two is physical therapy, so referring them. And they usually do about twice a week, two to three times a week over the course of about six weeks. And so I usually prepare patients, uh, tell them that to prepare them of what to expect going into it. And most patients are resistant to that because it's a commitment and they just kind of want it to go away and not put in that extra effort. At least that's my own experience. And what I do is I kind of have to sell it a little bit. And the, the way that I sell it to them is by, um, you know, telling them about examples of patients that I've sent and their chronic neck pain goes away. Um, it is really effective. It, and I acknowledge, you know, it, this does take time out of your day, but if those are not helping you, the next steps are, which is step three, uh, sending you to orthopedics where they may do some sort of injection uh, or procedure for you. And then the step four is surgery. And so I usually paint that picture for patients. I even explain it just like I'm explaining it right now. There's four steps to managing your chronic shoulder pain, NSAIDs, physical therapy, orthopedics uh, for either injections or surgery. And um, when I say that to them, they tend to be a little bit more amenable to it versus you know, if they want to go see orthopedics, I'll definitely say to them, you know, they probably are going to advise you to do physical therapy if you haven't done it already, if it's a chronic pain problem without any red flags. Um, the reasons not to refer to physical therapy, well, first NSAIDs, you don't want to use NSAIDs if there's contraindications. And number two, you don't want to send to physical therapy if their pain is really, in my experience, when pain is really severe and they're not able to participate in physical therapy, then, um, then you can send them right to orthopedics and deciding about imaging. And then imaging is a whole uh, another topic, but my it depends on the practice that you work in. My imaging knowledge is also developing. And typically I leave it to the orthopedics to order the appropriate imaging. But you, if you feel comfortable with the imaging, you can also order that too, but you also need to know how to interpret it. So the last thing I wanna say is just a comment about the special tests, because I think that a lot of new nurse practitioners will say things like, you know, just feeling overwhelmed with the orthopedic exam um, and how to do the posterior drawer and the anterior drawer and uh, Lachman's maneuvers and all that kind of stuff. And uh, two real world notes that I want to make about that is one, I have an orthopedic, I have a very close friend who's an orthopedic surgeon and his take on it is that the only way that he really mastered those tests was as a resident or a medical student and resident and doing those tests on patients with real pathology um, in the setting of an OR like pre-surgery. That's his perspective is that it, it takes a lot to feel comfortable with that. The other thing that I've noticed in primary care is if you have an acute injury or acute worsening of their underlying chronic problem, you try to do those tests and there's swelling and discomfort. I haven't been able to fully even try to do those because they're in so much discomfort. And so um, I, the recommendation I have is to do your very best and really just kind of generally looking at their history of what happened. Is it traumatic or not traumatic? Uh, the mechanism of the injury, where they're having pain, just doing a really good job with your physical assessment otherwise, and then making the determination, can they even participate in physical therapy and take NSAIDs versus do you need orthopedics to further help you clarify if this is something that needs more urgent management, especially if it's traumatic, especially if it's acute. Um, and then collaborating with your colleagues and your supervisor as well in terms of ordering imaging um, if, you know, as needed. And so hopefully, hopefully this has been helpful. It's a little bit of real world talk and um, hopefully it's just like a general helpful overview for you. And like I said, I'm definitely going to be making specific videos about specific conditions. Typically what I'm seeing is chronic pain management though um, for shoulder 
wrist, uh, knee, back, stuff like that. If you haven't grabbed the ultimate resource guide for the new NP, definitely head over to realworldnp.com slash guide. I put together all my resources that are the, my favorite ones. And you'll also get these videos sent straight to your inbox every week um, and bonus content that I don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much for watching. Let me know if you have any questions and I'll see you soon. That's our episode for today. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you subscribe, leave a review, and tell all your NP friends so together we can help as many nurse practitioners as possible give the best care to their patients. If you haven't gotten your copy of the Ultimate Resource Guide for the new NP, head over to realworldnp.com guide. You'll get these episodes sent straight to your inbox every week with notes from me, patient stories, and extra bonuses I really just don't share anywhere else. Thank you so much again for listening. Take care and talk soon.